welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. If you've been listening to the series, you'll have picked up that privilege is a really personal experience. It starts and finishes with the individual. However, we believe that it is the one thing that does not get addressed head on within the DEI space, within strategies and action plans, within training offerings, and when thinking about cultivating or increasing psychological safety for individuals at work. In today's episode, Ishreen and I share the emerging results of the Privileged Conundrum, our pioneering research survey, which asks the important questions about the individual experience of privilege when at work. You have the opportunity to have your say and share your views on the topic. Remember to head over to our research survey. The link is in our description. But do that after you've listened to the episode and make sure you contribute to a body of knowledge about the impact of privilege at work. Now, this one surprised me. 70% of organisations feel they need to improve the way in which privilege impacts their business. So there's a high awareness, right? I didn't expect I didn't expect that figure to be so high. So there's a high awareness, but clearly not enough of the right actions. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what's the beauty? I don't know if you've realised this, but as people have been responding and going through the journey of completing the, the questions themselves, I wonder to what extent they've shifted their own view around privilege as they've gone through the questions. Now, that's something we're looking at, isn't it? We're actually asking them. I'm not sure if we've um, extracted that information. No, no, we haven't yet. yet. But I do, I'm starting to feel there's a bit of a thread of that going through. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Okay, so then we've got 58% work for organisations that do not have policies for privilege. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Actually, well, it does does beg the question, what do the 42% have? Yeah, because privilege isn't something that's, talked about in the HR circles, right? No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to know what kind of processes and procedures and values and behaviours and actions Mm. exist around Mm. specifically privilege. So so this is our emerging data sets and there will be a lot more to share as as um, as as the as the data builds up, but it's yeah. really exciting, I think, and and I think um, you know leaders and organisations are going to be really interested in this. Boards are going yeah. to be interested. They're yeah. going to they're going to want to know well, what does this mean for our organisation? So let's make this relevant, Ishreen. Let's talk a little bit about the risks because I'm sure our audience per, want to understand well, what does this mean for our organisation yeah. in terms of yeah. you know risks and impacts. Yeah. So. 
One of the risks, I think, is reputation. Well, the cost is reputational, and the kinds of risks, um, Cami, I think, you know, just purely by association, um, you can damage yourself or your organization. So um, I don't know if you saw the news when Jess Staley had to leave as CEO of Barclays, right? Um, just because in his previous roles, one of his previous roles at J.P. Morgan, he'd been a banker for Epstein. And, and by association. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing to say how he was involved or what he was involved with. Yeah. But in order to, he fell on his sword essentially, right? In order to protect Barclay's reputation, he resigned. Yeah. And he was really one of the most enlightened CEOs mm, that mm. I've ever, uh, you know, benefited from being around. And, you know, I was quite disappointed. On the other hand, there's Boris and, you know, Boris as a leader, Boris Johnson, for anybody who's in any doubt, <laughs> um, uh, in in his level of leadership and uh, and some of the things he's said in the past, just demonstrates his level of privilege. And you kind of wonder how somebody who so overtly flaunts his privilege can get away with it. Like his 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 reputation is of like this cheeky little lad. But also uh, there's privilege associated with the position as well that, that, that exactly. he holds, right? So exactly. so reputation I think is definitely far reaching. You know, last year I did, um, you know, the set of interviews I did with chief executives and chairs of um, FTSE 100, just a small, yeah. a, 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 a small sample. It's yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant yeah. that the FRC um, brought out. But, you know, w- one of the one of those things that struck me in those interviews and talking to, the, to those individuals because of their high status, you know, these are global organizations. They were, a lot of them were really connected with the idea of um, being... Uh, managing the risk of um, around their EDI and around their ESG agenda and priorities, um, and uh, by by engaging with local communities because they're global organisations, they need to have an engagement with local communities and where they're operating, yeah. where they have a yeah. present presence. But I, you know, th- there is a question of how that then when we're talking about it from a privilege point of view, because a global organization holds privilege, it holds status as an organization, how they then appear to those local communities will come up in that, you know, point of the reputation management piece, I think. Yeah. I I don't think I'm stretching there. I think, I think there's a link. No, no, there is. And and look, we do a lot of work with the cultural sector and there's a a really dramatic and direct example Mm, there. mm. Um, So when, George Floyd was murdered and there was all that uprising and and shift. Um, There was an organization uh, that sent out this survey to the different cultural sector organizations. And it was like a white pube survey. Uh, They sent it out to all the organizations. They um, campaigned for people to protest and write and insist on a response and it was a very impactful campaign, right? Yeah. But what it demonstrated was that a lot of cultural sector organizations didn't have the data 
to be able to report back, hadn't had enough work done in the area of anti-racism in that case to speak with a strong voice. And that impacted their reputations. And, and you know, I think it's it goes. It wasn't just it wasn't just a sector that we've been doing quite a lot of work with. It's also the other sectors as well that they all started realizing. Lots of so I look at you know just generally even not for profits, large national, international not for profits who are really realizing that we don't have the data here, or yeah. in other industries as well sectors. You know, yeah. organizations yeah. realizing we need to do in FTSE PLCs yeah. as well. You know, we need to do something yeah. more here. Yeah. And the risk for those organizations who did respond to the murder of George Floyd and started doing some work. And now it's kind of like, what's the current risk that, you know, we need to be talking about that was two years ago and they kind of let it drift. People aren't going to forget. Yeah. You know, employees insist on not having a racist organization anymore employees uh, future employees customers so you know there are huge risks in all those areas if you don't keep the momentum going if you're seen as an organization that flips from the current fashionable crisis to the next current fashionable crisis um that's gonna have an impact on the organization going to cost there's going to be cost to fix that there's going to be reputational damage there's going to be productivity damage and you know in the worst case maybe some legal costs right Mm. and and you know we've already talked you mentioned productivity staff productivity is definitely there right and we've already mentioned that if you remember the use of privilege has left the vast majority feeling undervalued demotivated and excluded it has a significant impact on their commitment and productivity so it hits the bottom line that's it. If that's not that's your biggest it. risk, then I don't yeah. know what would be. Exactly. So, you know, I what we would say, I think, Cammy, is that there's a lot an organisation can do to address privilege already, right? So, of course, having the right processes and procedures is important, but they need also to look at their values, their behaviours and actions in the organisation and call out and call in. Um, so, so that people feel safe and yeah, so there are lots of benefits, right? Um, we want people to feel safe and valued because that will address the reputational and the productivity risks. Yeah. We want, um, to be able to attract and retain and develop the right talent. We We want Increased productivity for your organization, but also for the UK economy, right? It's got to impact the economy and society. That's right. right? That's right. So exactly being, as you just said, being viewed more positively in society, that's important nowadays, right? So ESG drive is is critical. Um, And of course, the brand and reputation will improve. So there's a kind of some headline benefits Um, we will be quantifying that as we go through the research and we will be drilling deeper into this data because right now it's quite at the headline level, isn't it, Kami? It's been amazing just talking through some of this, this, these insights that are coming up. Yeah. And just to set the scene, we will do this at the end of every season. We'll give an update on the conundrum and what's coming up in the conundrum. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think we've got some interesting results beginning to emerge. But really, 
we want more data points, right? So we really want your opinions. So if you haven't completed this yet, please do. And please get your friends and your colleagues to complete it so that we have a body of evidence that will support you in achieving a really equitable, diverse, inclusive organization in which people feel they belong and also contribute towards your environment social governance initiatives. The more data we have, the more representative the results will be. And more importantly, the more impact we can have with employers. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate, we will put the link to the survey in the show notes. Please go to the show notes. That's where the link will be. Great. And last but not least, don't forget to send in your FAQs so that we can respond with our with some perspectives or experience so yeah do all the details to contact us are in the show notes now we've reached the part of the episode where we're going to um respond to an faq that's been that's been shared with us and the question today shreen is and i'm sure people have been thinking about this um and it's a really important question is privilege the same thing as bias Great question, especially because we're talking about unconscious and conscious privilege, and I'm sure people are used to unconscious and conscious bias, right? Absolutely, and that's what all the training is, really, isn't it? Exactly. Well, you know, lots of lots of unconscious bias training in the workplace, oh, and yes, tick box, we've done it. Tick box, you know we're not a fan of unconscious bias training, don't you? Well, I, I'm not a fan, full stop. <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually been in an unconscious bias training. Look, there, there's value in it, but then the question is, so what? Right? So The what? question is, exactly. what are we going to do about it? Because yeah. actually you're not, you're not given tools to do something about it. You're yeah. just being told, be more yeah. aware of your unconscious bias. Okay, so yeah. I am. Yeah. And, 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 you know, people saying, well, that's my un- just my unconscious bias. Deal with it, right? Hmm. You know, which I think is really horrible. Does, it doesn't totally create accountability, mm, does it? Or ownership exactly, or responsibility exactly. or conscious yeah. inclusion. That's it. Exactly, exactly. Intentional inclusion, exactly. So um, let me see. I'm going to start with some... Actually, I'm going to start with this point, which is for me... Privilege is the source, it's the input that causes the bias that we have, right? So privilege being a function of whether we're a man or a woman or gay or straight or um, married or or a parent or um, race, of course, am I black or white? You know, all those different kinds of privilege We don't have a say in that for the most part. We don't have a say in those characteristics, but it's those characteristics that inform and shape our thinking, uh, what I call the sea in which we swim, right? They shape the environment that informs our bias. And then we would have, stereotypical thoughts about ourselves and about others and we would be unconscious about some of the benefits that we have access to that others don't have access to so privilege is the source the input bias is the output and the impact oh i like that it's a bit of an equation isn't it 
Yeah, kind of is. And then, uh, you know, I, I thought this was such a good question that I looked into the definitions. Mm. Mm. Okay, so if we look at the definition of privilege, it's a special right, advantage or immunity granted to or available only to a particular personal group. Education is a right, not a privilege, is what, um, what could be said, right? So that's privilege. So, Kami, I'd love your reflections on how that contrasts with this definition of bias, right? So, bias as a noun is an inclination or prejudice for or against one person or group, especially in a way considered to be unfair. There was evidence of bias against foreign applicants, for example. And it's also defined as a verb which is to cause, to feel, or show inclination or prejudice for or against someone or something. An example might be, all too, all too often our recruitment processes are biased towards younger candidates, for example. So those are the two definitions. Be really interested in your thoughts on... So as you were saying that, something popped up in my head, and it is, it might be a little bit rough and ready, but... This is where I've landed. Privilege mm. is the lens through which we enact our bias. Mm. Nice. You know? So yeah. we, I, I really, years ago, started thinking about this um, through my own self-development, self-awareness journey. And, you know, I've really come to the conclusion that our beliefs, and, I, and there's lots of evidence out there and data and research points and yeah. lots of, you know, um, lots of thinking around this. But beliefs yeah. lead to thoughts lead to feelings lead to or vice versa could be feelings then thoughts lead to mm. behaviors mm. you know there's a there's a there's a journey there that yeah. that bias can come up in the feelings and the thoughts that are enact are enacted then or not but you know they are still enacted because we're thinking it right um yeah and but the beliefs are informed by what we've learned from childhood. And what we yes. learn from childhood are the things that we inherit or the rules of the game, or this is what it means to be this sort of a person in this sort of a society. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's where I've landed. Privilege is the lens through which we enact our bias. I really like that distinction. Great, so um, actually, do you know what? I'd love to hear what, our listeners think about this as well. Let's let's start a conversation about what is the difference between privilege and bias. And please do drop us an email or post on our LinkedIn pages and just let us know. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.